everyone, and welcome to Diversify Her Podcast. I'm your host, Raven Hayward, and today on the show, I have Miss Tina Fears. Tina Fears brings a new meaning to the term multi-hyphenate. As a Los Angeles native, she is proud to call Atlanta home. Her recent performance credits include a reoccurring role as Clara Ward in the Emmy-nominated National Geographic anthology series, Genius Aretha, currently available on Hulu. Tina received the HAPA Breakthrough Performance Award and Black Woman in Film Trailblazer Award for her role in Genius. She has been blessed to explore the TV and film industry with national commercial campaigns for Walmart, Ford, Coca-Cola, Shoe Carnival, The Home Depot, and Bank of America. Her performance background is rooted on the stage and includes regional productions of Simply Simone at Theatrical Outfit, Dream Girls at the Atlanta Lyric Theater, Beautiful Hair at City Springs Theater, In the Heights at Aurora Theater slash Theatrical Outfit, and a host of others. Tina values the development of new works. Having appeared in the staged readings of Culture Shock at the Alliance Theater and Younger at True Colors Theater. She takes pride in being both the show and the business while advocating for creators from overlooked and underserved communities. In addition to being a co-founder of Black ATL Incorporated, Tina Fears is an alumni of the Black the Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship at Cornell University. She owns Stage Ready LLC, a full-service entertainment firm recently featured in Black Enterprise. As an actor, writer, producer, and activist, Tina's commitment to being fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire is a constant reminder of what it means to walk by faith and is her driving force to use every God-given gift she has received to impact the world. Be sure to stay connected with Miss Tina at Tina Fears on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining me today, Miss Tina. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the intro. Of course, and I'm so happy that you could come on the show today. I'd love for you to just start off by telling us about your journey as to how you got to where you are today, because reading your biography, you have a lot of accolades and you've accomplished so much. It's truly inspiring, but what led you there to accomplishing these things? Um, I think what led me to these wonderful accomplishments was just realizing that I had something really special to offer the world and um, finding every opportunity where I could kind of get better better at things I was passionate about. So I enjoy singing. I come from a musical family. So that's a huge part of who Tina Fears is. Um, I've always loved the arts. I've always loved entertaining people. And and I have a very outgoing personality. Even since I was a little kid, you know, my sibling and I are very close together, but we have different personalities. So I'm definitely the extrovert out of the two of us. So I think identifying what I was passionate about and, re- and really being blessed to kind of seize the moment when opportunities presented themselves, where it was like, let's exercise this gift. And the more you do things, the better you get at it, you know, and I just really believe the Lord has just ordained every opportunity, ups, downs, good, bad, that have kind of allowed me to get on this path to making my dreams a reality. 
That's amazing. So with your role in Genius Aretha, it garnered a lot of recognition and awards and congratulations for that. That's amazing. So could you share your experience working on the show and the impact that it's had on your career? Yeah, working on the show was amazing. It was a dream come true. You're going to hear me talk about dreams a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in just dreaming out loud and and really really trusting that those things will happen. So it was a dream come true. I love biopics. I love historical pieces that highlight the life and times and and real experiences of our people as African-Americans. And so I was somebody who would watch like, you know, Angela Bassett and what's love got to do with it. And there was like a teammate for TV movie called uh, American Dream that was like the Jacksons. Like these were things I watched coming up. And so to be able to tell the story of a woman who people in gospel kind of know about, but she was a pioneer. She was kind of like an unsung pioneer and her having such an integral role in Aretha Franklin's life and having been so close to Aretha's father, it was really a dream come true because I'm not playing someone who a writer made up. This was someone who lived in this world, who brought her art to this world and helped to change the life of one of the greatest singers who ever lived, Aretha Franklin. And so the experience on the set was amazing. It was so wonderful to be around so many Black creatives, Anthony Hemingway and Susan Laurie Parks, who was our showrunner, and just be around people like Cynthia Revo, who is a multi-award winning uh, artist and actor, and just really to be able to rub shoulders with people who I've admired. It was life-changing. But it was also fulfilling because it showed that the gifts that I've had as a little girl were worthy of being in these spaces with people who I respect so much. So it was really a beautiful experience. Wow. That's such a blessing. And that truly is inspiring. I know um, I have a few listeners that are aspiring actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of the time in that industry, you'll get told no a lot. So Mm -hmm. how do you deal with adversity of maybe Mm -hmm. not getting that one opportunity that Mm -hmm. you really thought you had, or this could even be related to um, some of my listeners who really thought that they were going to get that job and they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with those failures and those setbacks? Yeah, that's a great question. We all know if if you're in the arts industry, you're constantly putting yourself out to get a yes from someone, right? Mm -hmm. You're in this very vulnerable place because you do all this work, you prepare, you learn the song, you learn the size, you do the character work. And it's just like, I'm giving you what I have and your fingers are crossed that what you're offering is what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, When I kind of first started in my career, the no's would kind of sting a little bit more than they do now. I think through experience, I've learned that those no's are just not right now. I know people hear that a lot. It's very frustrating, especially trying to make a living as an actor. We're in the middle of a huge writer strike. We're in the middle of a huge actor strike. So Mm -hmm. not only do you put yourself in a space of being told no, but all the work has basically stopped as well. Mm -hmm. So what you do with those no's is you use them as preparation. You use them as time to get better. You use them as, you know, relationship builders. We have something that's called um, winning the room. You know, when you go in front of a casting director, you want to make sure that you win the room, which is that they see that you're talented. They like you enough to call you back for something else. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, and I'm in a place in my life and career where I understand the layers in the process. And I also understand when you do get those wins, it's such a huge victory. I want to encourage people to really celebrate the small wins because just to get booked on a show, 
it's beyond the casting director. You have to go through the producers. You have to go through the writers. You have to go through the executives. Everybody has to sign off on, yes, this person gets the job. So, yes, we're navigating the no's, but when you do get those wins, when you do get those those small things, just winning the room, celebrate that, embrace it, because mm -hmm. this arts industry is not for the faint at heart. You know, and that's something I want your listeners to understand, too. You have to have a resilience. You have to understand that your gift is special, whether mm -hmm. it's on National Geographic or whether it's on Instagram. You have mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy that and absorb it the same way. Mm -hmm. There's another word that um, we used for that growing up in elementary school called grit. Like you have to have grit. You have That's to good. continue to work hard through the adversity and, you know, take those losses as lessons and mm -hmm. understand that, you know, when one door closes, another one will mm -hmm. open up for you. And mm -hmm. I've learned, especially through my years in college, you know, God does a lot of, gives me a lot of blessings in disguise. And, yeah. you know, so as a multi-talented individual involved in acting and writing and producing and activism, how do you manage to balance and excel in these various creative pursuits? Mm -hmm. Because you are involved in a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. which is amazing. But how are you able to, balance all those and still excel in those things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in a place now where I, I want things to kind of work in tandem, right? Mm -hmm. So there's one common goal that I have or goals that I have for myself. And so I'm trying to make sure that each move in the activism space is consistent with what I believe in as a businesswoman, right? And the things that I'm doing in the business space are also consistent with the brand that I'm developing as an actor. So when you're working towards one common goal or, you know, one set of things that you're working towards, you can balance it because I may not be on camera in this time, but I might be writing a script another time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of figuring out what season I'm in at that time and placing the focus on what's most important. There's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of self-care. There's a lot of learning how to say no. Mm. You know, those are the practical things that have allowed me to kind of balance that. But experience has allowed me to kind of create this map where I kind of I've accepted that my time is so so valuable to me if nothing mm -hmm. else and so I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is kind of moving me forward towards that goal so um, that's, that's what's, what's work yeah that's a very good way to look at it so mm -hmm. with your commitment to advocating for creatives from overlooked communities is truly inspiring and so mm -hmm. can you tell us about a specific project or initiative mm -hmm. where you've seen the most meaningful impact through that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I do a lot of advocacy work of uh, the organization that I co-founded, um, Black ATL. You know, we led the largest artist protest in 2020 in Atlanta. And that was just really because um, Georgia is a right to work state. There isn't really um, a kind of uh, local union for artists. I mean, we do have Actors Equity, the Equity Association. But because Atlanta and Georgia are right to work, you don't have a lot of people that are a part of the union. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of things, the discrepancies and um, things that weren't quite professional that were happening to actors in the workplace. But then there were also things that were unsaid when it came to different biases and things that black people were not able to benefit from the way that our white counterparts were. So that was something that was very impactful. Sometimes you just have to take to the streets. You can send emails, mm -hmm. you can get on the phone. But we know 2020 was a really uh, disruptive, necessarily disruptive year mm -hmm. for us as people in this country. And so we are part of that. But I think for myself, the most impactful thing when you talk about advocating is just 
when I'm blessed to create opportunities for people who may not normally get them. So with Stage Ready, we really pride ourselves on creating jobs for up and coming singers, up and coming production assistants, writers. If there's any opportunity where we can give somebody space who has an interest in something, Mm -hmm. that is the way that we move. And that's been the most fulfilling for me because a lot of the people who've been a part of our company and work with us have now gone on to start their own businesses. They've been able to move and flourish. And so those are the things that I feel like are the most fulfilling when I see the little seeds that I've planted grow and blossom into tangible businesses, into successful creatives um, and artists who are really allowing their dreams to come true as well. Mm, that's great because you really are kind of seeing the fruits of your labor and understanding that mm-hmm. you know this is bigger than you and it's yeah. important to as you are climbing up you know you're mm-hmm. still leaving the doors open for those behind you to follow yep. so yep. you've been a part of both stage and screen production so mm-hmm. how do you see the landscape changing for young artists in terms of opportunities and challenges mm-hmm. between these two mediums mm-hmm. I think we we kind of talked about the strike a little bit earlier um, mm-hmm. and then hopefully, you know, in a couple of months, people go back and listen and say, I remember when there was a strike. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about present day, I, the landscape is shifting because we as creatives, emerging creatives have to be empowered to create their own work and we have to be able to create it at our own levels, even if it's not highly produced, even if it's not going on to a television screen. It's necessary because people need content. And so I see the landscape changing because one, actors and writers and producers are fighting for their work. They want to be paid for their work. We want to be compensated when you stream us and binge us and play us over and over and over and over again. So I see the landscape changing in that space. But I also think maybe five years ago where people were kind of waiting until they had a certain number of views or waiting until they were verified to do things. I don't think you have to do that anymore. I am mm-hmm. a huge advocate of just create it, just post it, just put it out there. And the audience of one is still an audience and you never know what can happen after that. So I see the landscape changing because I think we have to be empowered to be self-starters. I think we have to advocate for our worth and our value. And ultimately people are at a standstill until they get what they want. That's how it's shifting. Mm. So being a co-founder of BBLACT mm-hmm. and an alumni of the Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. at Cornell, how do you empower other young artists to pursue their creative dreams and also mm-hmm. understanding the business side of the industry? Because it is important to, you know, take that leap of faith and always mm-hmm. bet on yourself. But in terms of a businesswoman perspective, How are you making sure that it's like a smart business decision for themselves? Yeah, I think um, I think anytime you have you're you're entering into a business venture, you're always wanting to offer a solution to a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just be out here with an idea. If I'm selling, you know, throat lozenges is because I feel like singers need a lozenge that isn't too strong, but it still will soothe their throat and so on and so forth. Right. That's a a bad example. But you also I think you have to factor in what you have to start with. You know, I started my business with one hundred dollars in a dream. So all I could do was what I could do with what I had. And then I kind of uh, bartered and, and did various things to make sure that I could pull that thing off. Right. So I think if we don't have a business mind, then we're going to kind of find ourselves in a lurch. You want to have sustainability in your business. You want to be able to grow. 
And so I think with what I learned from the Bank of America Institute at Cornell, you know, I had been in business for many years, just kind of going for what I knew and learning by example. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Cornell came and validated the things that I knew. And it also it validated that I knew what I was talking about, but it also gave me some extra tools so that I could be that much better. Mm -hmm. So I think with business altogether, you know, if you want to grow, you want to have sustainability. Let's move even to the artist thing, right? You want to make sure that you're getting your residuals. You want to make sure that you're paying your taxes. You want to make sure that these wins are not going to be sucked up or deflated because I got a big order for my product, but I don't have enough money <laughs> to produce what people are asking for. So taking the Bank of America Institute stuff and also, you know, Black ATL is more of an, an advocacy organization. So that is more so you know, making sure that we are standing in the gap for those people who can't vocalize for themselves. But I think to be a whole artist, you have to have both. You have to mm -hmm. have the business savvy. You have to have the creativity. You have to have a gift that stands out, but you also have to have integrity as well. That's mm -hmm. how I connect all, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. So your quote about being fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. I really like that. So how do you think this mindset resonates with Gen Z artists? And what advice would you give to young creatives navigating the ever-changing world of entertainment? Yeah. I think Gen Z is already um, a lot more unapologetic mm -hmm. about how Gen Z is moving through the world. I think a lot of the precaution, apprehension, um, Gen Z is just going for it. And so I think fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire is, is something that I realized I had it even before I could put words to it. Because mm -hmm. every time I, I was shooting my shot or betting on myself, that was my fearlessness. That was because I was watching television and I was seeing people doing things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I was singing songs and saying, man, if I just had an opportunity, I know I could do that too. Or I can produce this or I can produce this event and I, so on and so forth. So I think Gen Z already has the goods. I think making sure that in the approach to whatever the desire is of your heart, just always being mindful of the integrity factor, you know, the authenticity, the truth of it all. A lot of times people will scam and scheme and, you know, whatever it is, create the optics. That's a whole mm -hmm. other podcast, right? A lot of times people live in this space of selling it on social, but there's nothing tangible on the other mm. side of it. And so that's what I'm encouraging, you know, as an elder, I guess, not really, but kind of, you know, like, let's make sure we can back up what we're putting on social media, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to say like, I'm a lash girl. I got a new lash line. And then we place an order with you and then the products never come, right? Mm -hmm. That means you presenting something to the public that's not supported by what's going on behind the scenes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that is, that would be my advice. Being fearless in the pursuit of what's setting your soul on fire. Go after it. Go get it. If it's want something you want to do, don't wait until you have 60,000 followers or, or whatever it is to put it out there. Mm -hmm. But just make sure you can back it up because that integral piece is something that's ever changing. Whether mm -hmm. you're Gen Z, millennial, baby boomer, whoever you are, the integral piece is what will allow you to have longevity. Mm-hmm. So a signature question that I have on my podcast and as we come to the end of this episode is what's one piece of advice you would give Gen Z to go out and diversify themselves? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so funny you ask that because I put a quote up on um, Stage Ready. That's the company that I own on, my, on their social media platform. And it was uh, diversify your creative <laughs> portfolio so that you can always eat. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to say it again. Diversify your creative portfolio so that you can always eat. And I'm going to tie that back into even where we are as actors and business people, right? The pandemic shut everything down. If all you had was one trick and one skill, you were stuck because mm-hmm. if you couldn't get out, if you couldn't be in interacting with people, events shut down. I produced a lot of events during that time. Everything stopped with actors. If you can't be on TV, if you can't be in any commercials, you can't be in any movies, you better go teach a class. Mm-hmm. You better go write a script. So that is what I am encouraging people to do. And you can quote me on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> diversify your Yeah. Diversify your creative portfolio so that you can always eat. And that is a very casual slang approach to it, but it's solid because as long as you have more than one tool in your bag, you can always play a different card depending on what table you're at. And that is something when, you know, you, you open this up with me about being a multi-hyphenate is because I'm always sharpening those different tools. Sometimes I'm a producer. Sometimes I'm on stage. Sometimes I'm a voiceover actor. Sometimes I'm in an executive place. Sometimes I'm directing a commercial. Everybody's bag is different, but I want to encourage you to always find your top three. Find three things that you're passionate about, but that can always allow you to be able to create income for yourself. Even if you follow a traditional path and go into a more traditional field, if you are creative, those are the things that I would encourage you to do. It's the only way to have sustainability. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. You gave a lot of golden nuggets to us. I hope all of you took something from this conversation. Um, I want to thank you again so much for joining me on my podcast today. Everyone, please be sure to go check out um, her show on Hulu. Um, I just got back into my Hulu account, so I'm definitely going right. to go <laughs> watch it. Um, yeah. And Everyone remember that you can stay connected with Miss Tina Fears at Tina Fears on all social media platforms. I'll be sure to have that in the, in the description below. Um, so thank you again so much for listening to Diversify Her Podcast and I'll see you next time.